What's up, peeps? Before you get into the episode, just a quick message. Did you know that Rebranded Safety is brought to you by Risk Fluent? Rebranded Safety is essentially our campaign to achieve our purpose, which is to make the working world better by Rebranded Safety one interaction at a time. We value a people-centered approach that delivers positive impact on the risk. We deliver three types of services, technical, transformational, and fire. It's the last show I wanted to talk to you about. If you value what we value and you want some support driving a culture change or decluttering your safety systems, or you want to improve human performance and it's our transformational support that can help you, or maybe you want a highly experienced registered fire risk assessor to carry out an assessment on your building, design an emergency plan or review the fire safety design for your new building, then it's our fire support service that can help you. But before you get in touch with us, it's important that you want to have impact on the actual risk and you value a people-centered approach. If you don't, that's fine. You'll find someone that can help you. But if you do value those, then get in touch with us at riskfluentltd.com or email me, james, at riskfluentltd.com. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Today's another episode of the Diversity Mini-Series. Let's get into the intro and I'll tell you some more about it. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviors. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing a stereotype. Brought to you by Risplit. What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the podcast and YouTube channel doing exactly what it says on a team. We're here to change the perception of health and safety. So if you're new here, hit that subscribe button and all those magical algorithm thingamajigs. Today we're talking to an amazing guy called Sam Goodman. You know him, he's been here before. You've probably been listening to the Hop Nerd. But today we're not talking about Hop, human organizational performance. We're talking about diversity. Before we get into that though, this is a quick shout out from our sponsors. Rebounding Safety YouTube and podcast is sponsored by Paradigm Human Performance and more specifically their HSE subscription service. Paradigm Human Performance's HSE subscription service is the perfect solution for those small, medium-sized enterprises. Those companies that are just absolutely ram are so busy spinning loads of plates, juggling all the balls, and sometimes safety can fall by the wayside. This HSE subscription service is the perfect solution to put worker safety as the DNA of your organization. But this is not just any type of compliance system. This is a compliance package that's been designed by human and organizational performance experts. This is gonna help you utilize and understand the subject matter expertise of the worker. It's gonna help you be a better business, but also satisfy that legal and that industry compliance. So if you're sold already, then you can use the email address and the phone number in the description below. But if not, go to their website, which is in the description below, and check out the Learning Organization webinar as well. Thank you very much, Paradigm, for sponsoring Rebranding Safety. Just a quick shout out from Project Miletium as well, my company with Colin Nottage, which is the professional development mastermind community for safety and risk professionals. Anyone that's managing safety or risk, be that in your normal operational role, or as a standalone career, this is a solution for you. This is like CPD 
with a rocket up its end. Run a mixed bag of weekly community calls, monthly philosophy calls, book clubs, and a quarterly event with some other benefits like a personal private LinkedIn group and also some online short courses as well coming very soon. So if this sounds like a solution for you, then go check out www.projectmeletium.com. If not, you can message me or Colin and we'll get you on one of our community calls. Free of charge, you can give it a go and uh, see if you like it before you buy it. Okay, so because we're in this diversity mini-series, I just wanna do a little bit of a caveat um, because this is a really sensitive space and we're all kind of learning how to operate and talk about this stuff, but the conversations we do have are really open, really honest, and, and a lot of the time they're about really personal and sensitive stuff. So I just want you to remember that the conversations we're having are all coming from a good place and we're all trying to promote diversity within risk management, within safety, within health, ultimately within the workplaces. So if you do hear something within this conversation with Sam or in any of the conversations within this mini-series, then please do feedback, but do it in a manner which is empathetic of what we're trying to achieve here. Please don't be basically <laughs> calling us all, all the names under the sun and uh, saying that we're horrible people um, because we're not. We're trying to do something good here. We're trying to raise awareness. We're trying to share stories. And challenges but to do that and for us to learn we need to have these sensitive open and honest conversations and being well aggressive about it in your response uh, is not going to help us have these conversations going forward so please if there's anything you think we need to learn or improve on let us know but do it in a manner which is nice respectful and empathetic okay now that's out of the way let's get into my conversation with the amazing sam goodman Mate, I asked you to come on this part. We are going in raw. Like we, we've done no prep for this. This is my favorite type of podcast. We're going in raw. So this is going to be either unbelievably shite or really good. There's no in between. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, so um, I don't know how you feel about it, but when people ask me to give them like a script before they come to the podcast, I just tell them, not, don't, don't worry about it. Don't come. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do. I, I like this. I like this. This, style. Uh, this is my favorite. <laughs> and then sometimes we have people who just like, yeah, cool, book a slot in. And I send them like guide questions. I call them guide questions. Mm -hmm. I, I rarely ever ask those questions, but they, they, I think they, they give people a sense of security. I'm not really sure. You know, I've, I've found that, especially with folks that aren't, um, that are not as, as on podcasts as often, I guess, mm. as other folks, they're yeah. like, oh God, what are you going to ask me? I need to be prepared. If I'm not prepared, what's going to happen? The freaking yeah. world's going to end if I'm not prepared. It's going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do proper freak out, man. Like, proper freak out. Like, oh my God, what, what, what do we need to do? I'm like, it's just a Zoom call. It's no different from a Hanging Zoom out. call you'd have with anyone else. We're just chatting. The only difference is, in the top left corner, you can barely see it, but in the top left corner, it mm -hmm. says recording. That's it. Well, that's, that, that's kind of my, my, uh, my approach. You know, I like to keep it super informal. You know, make it feel like we're hanging out at a bar somewhere just talking, you know, exactly. and uh, I, exactly. I like that. I like that that kind of feel. Mate, I think there should be a podcast called Drunk Safety, and I think you should get drunk and then start recording and talk so about I'm, I'm safety. Hearing, I'm hearing a collaboration here. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. That's good. <laughs> I feel like it's really bad for our health, though. I feel like it's not sustainable. <laughs> well, you could only do this like once a month. You had to yeah. Like once a month episodes. <laughs> but can you, you imagine? Really properly you could only do it about once a month <laughs> can you imagine getting absolutely sloshed though like every once a month like the, the fourth friday of the month and you're just like oh 
Uh, it, it would be like it would be like every actual safety conference in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, mate, I I wanted you to come on because I wanted to talk all things diversity, and in our in our very undiverse profession. Nice, really, isn't it? I like it. <laughs> because well, you, yeah, you, I, I find out. It seems like I find out more uh daily how the lack of diversity within the safety profession it, it's just it's terrible it's just, it's, yeah I, I i always say this i've said it on so many conversations um that i've had with people but in 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 the uk we have the iosh which is kind of the same as the aessp or whatever you've got up there i can't remember and um somebody from iosh is like the head of policy was at this event with me in february and he stood up and he told everybody that they'd done some some surveys of the membership and like something like 70 or 80 percent of them are due to retire in five years within five years yeah. 70 to 80 but that was so it was something nuts like that and i was well, just like whoa I, I mean i i can just anecdotally speak to that i mean just and you probably can't too i mean you kind of look around and you see your your peers in the industry and they're all like 115 years old <laughs> yeah. right? they're they're all they're all like old decrepit men that are like going to die spinning in their office chair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fortunately i've got i've got some really close friends that mentors and friends that i've had like three friends retire just wow. in the past year if that tells you the kind of the, the, the normal age range i guess of our, mm. our profession love them to death nothing wrong with that mm. but i mean i don't know i'd rather be in a beach i think at 70 than hanging out in a power plant or a manufacturers dude, dude, dude honestly i used to make we used to make a job i used to work for the biggest biggest safety team i've ever seen in my entire life there was hundreds of us just in one business and it was absolutely mad and we used to have a conference like every year just of our safety team that's how many there was and they stopped doing it in like my last year or two and um and i used to make this joke with a colleague saying do you know why they stopped doing it and they were like no nah, probably probably money and i was like no nah, because the local hospital didn't have enough defibrillators for everyone that was gonna have a stroke <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably a really insensitive joke but well so know. that's that's uh, you'll notice that though that's what we kind of joke around to in the kind of the power plant world because it's, it's not just in the safety profession that i notice at least in my world it's in the utility space just not that many young folks kind of finding their way into those fields, it seems like, which is yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, you know, a, lot of, a lot of companies are really starting to, uh, so I think the utility space, that, that, that's, that's been my, uh, my world for practically forever. And I think that's a, it's a really interesting space because for that particular piece, because you do have that, you already have an industry that uh, doesn't necessarily attract that many young folks. They're doing better. Certain organizations are doing a lot better of trying to really go out and, and work with colleges and universities and, and just trying to make things, you know, trying to attract those folks, I guess. Um, but then you insert a profession such as environmental health and safety inside of that kind of already big, old, starchy kind of profession. And it's even that much lack of interest right? where it's like, why would I want to work there? Mm. And then why, why would I ever want to do that job there? Mm. You know, that, that sounds really boring or mm. really, really just kind of dull, I guess would be the right way to put it. Oh, mate, I mean, I'm, I'm on the IOSH Future Leaders Steering Group and, and this is a massive thing for us. Like we, we are really passionate about and in, in that group, we've got a gentleman from Nigeria, got an American lady, um, young, two young English ladies and then probably three English white, white males. Um, 
in myself, Robert Jukes and Philip, or and um, and, and Liam, who's Irish, uh, I think. Yeah, Irish. So I've either just got all of them wrong and offended that whole team by <laughs> completely <laughs> describing them incorrectly. Um, but but yeah, like it's it's, a, it's probably the most diverse group I've ever I've ever worked in within the safety profession. Um, but it is just something we're lacking. Um, but let let let's talk about you for a second. Like any if anyone's watching this on YouTube and doesn't know you, they'll probably be like, "Well, what what makes Sam di- diverse? Because he's just a, a white male American, surely." And 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 I I did not know this about you um, when we when we last spoke until you put that post on on LinkedIn. So, when you just give us a little bit about you, not not like the hot nerd about about Sam. I want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. What? And so, yeah, as you said, um, it's very, looks can be deceiving. And I guess that would probably be the first lesson to take <laughs> from, from anything that we talk about. Um, but yeah, so if, if I wanted to get into what makes me diverse uh, is I will hopefully have a soon, soon to be, soon to be husband. Right. And we have a daughter. And so I, I'm, I'm, I guess I would say strong and proud gay man, I guess would be the right way to, yeah. <laughs> the way to put that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of just to insert the, I guess the diversity piece right there. That's, yeah. that would be, that would be it. <laughs> that would be the tick. We've have ticked that box. We've there ticked we that box. <laughs> um, we, we, we can, we can get into some other rants, but now I'm officially allowed to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll, so, I'll get some, uh, I'll get some hay for that one. <laughs> The, 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 your new book, Obscured, I, I haven't read it. I don't know much about it, but that must be something to do with that because there's a photo of you and your partner on the front cover of it. Sure. It's a beautiful yeah. photo, but to, talk to me about the book. What's the book about? So the book is really interesting because, again, it's, it's, it doesn't really touch on my professional life that much. There's a, there's a few little pieces. There's a couple of stories. Um, but a lot of what the book is about is really just this kind of this path of figuring out who you are and then finally accepting who you are and kind of, I don't want to use this kind of cliche term, but living your best life, right? It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of that path between those things. Um, because that was for me, at least I found that to be a very um, challenging road. I grew up in a super, uh, I had a very super religious upbringing. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very small Appalachian, rural Appalachian, Virginia town. So if folks don't, aren't aware of what um, the term Appalachian means, just close your eyes and imagine what every stereotypical image of a hillbilly looks like. And that's where it comes from. Like, <laughs> well, like deliverance. Yeah, probably even worse. So think like corn cob pipe, like dip <laughs> overalls, you know, straw hat, no shoes, you know. <laughs> hunting squirrels for dinner, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of, that kind of squirrel was delicious by the way, but, oh, no. <laughs> but that, that's that kind of area and very small town. The little small town that I grew up in was probably about um, maybe 3000 people, right? Yeah. Pretty, pretty small little town, wow. pretty spread out on top of that. Uh, my graduating high school, my graduating class in high school was like 50, right? Like it wasn't, wasn't like mm. some massive town, massive city. Um, and, you know, small towns have a lot of cool things going for them, yeah. but unfortunately a lot of small towns, not all, but a lot, um, they're not really known for their open-mindedness or their mm. acceptance of anything that's uh, air quotes different. Right. Yeah. Um, and religion has that same issue, right. <laughs> right? In, yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways, not, not very well known for their acceptance of anything that's different uh, yeah. and, or goes against the grain in, in any way. So I had both of those things kind of, um, Again, a lot of positive, but in my particular situation, I had those certain things working against me in a lot of ways. 
which drove me into a situation where I couldn't really be myself, if long story short, right? Um, so I spent the vast majority, of, well, the all, I spent all of my youth hiding who I was uh, and a wow. good portion of my, half of my 20s, you know, hiding right. who I was. And not only until I was, uh, only when I was in a position in which I was safe to be able to have that conversation, um, did I have that conversation. So I was 2,000 miles away from where I grew up and finally with an employer that was pretty open-minded before I was comfortable having that conversation. Because believe it or not, in Arizona, state laws still allow you to be fired for your sexual orientation. So no you, way. You can. Yeah, for sure. You can. Right. Yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So there's, there's certain state laws that, that still allow discrimination um, within, uh, within employers, I, within employment, within living situations, within, yeah. Because I was going to say, like, what, what was not safe about your employer? But that, that's it. Wow. So you, you, a piece, yeah. So well, not only that, let, let me say this because, so I'll, I'll give, I'll share this, this will paint a little bit better of a picture and then I'll, I'll shut up because I'll start ranting about it. But, <laughs> but, so I, I tell this kind of story in the book and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this person go on and on and on about how, um, just think like stereotypical rant about how, who, insert whatever minority here has ruined the world. Right. right. Yeah, so so yeah. think, think like, you. think, think like lunatic Westboro yeah. Baptist church style mm. kind of stuff. And so this person, this person, this older guy is going on and on and on about how, you know, everything went downhill and this is his words, not mine. His course, the gays got the right to marry. That's when everything started going downhill oh, right. and on and on this, this long rant about how, you know, America needs to come back to God. And then there was some other stuff in there and some other kind of slurs. And then, you know, this is in a boardroom. So this is what, this is the curveball. This is in like the 20th floor of a pretty prominent organization here in the United States. Uh, and this is a senior level director that's, ha that's having this conversation. Oh my right? God. And then it's like, all right, let's get down to Q4 reports. <gasps> no, <laughs> <Right? laughs> just, just off the cuff. What, whatever, whatever, whatever set him off down that path. Um, those organizations, obviously, so I'll remain nameless. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah name, names and locations have been changed to protect the. Uh, protect the <laughs> um, but so what, what was interesting about that, and I say all that because even in those situations um, where maybe those laws do exist, where there are you know, equal protections afforded under the law, um, it can still be a career, career killer. And I, I was told that early on when I first came out that you just killed your career. You're not going no anywhere in power plant. Yeah. So there's special and unique challenges, I guess is what I'm saying that, that you face in those situations in, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tread around this without sounding too, too uh, shitty about it, I guess. Um, but in more masculine industries, yeah. I grew up in construction, power plant maintenance, mm. big, nasty, heavy hazard, high hazard type of stuff. And those industries in particular, it seems very masculine have to be a little more cautious. Yeah. yeah. Very that was my moment. life. Yeah, that was that was my life. That's the life I worked Shit. in. <laughs> that must have been. Like, I imagine. I imagine in in your brain that did one of two things. It either made you extremely angry and potentially aggressive, or kind of made you shut down and just hide hide away. One or the yeah. other, or a bit of both. Um, there was probably some internalized anger, but it, it was more of shutting down. Wow. Uh, because so I would tell you this. I think that. Um, the best way that I can describe it is 
for me at least every every person's journey in, in anything um is is unique right yeah um the the, the uh, yeah it's it, your your journey is always going to be unique um but for me i found that it seemed like every time that i, I just described it almost like a roller coaster like this kind of up mm. and down thing you know this hills and valleys and it's like every time that you're like right there things are going good and like you're just okay like i'm ready to do this i'm gonna mm. like you would encounter one of those conversations and it'd be like boom you know <laughs> And it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, I really care what they think. It's going, well, if I say something, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Right. And Mm -hmm. and especially as like a younger safety professional, as a green safety professional Mm -hmm. in a field where you're just starting to earn some credibility, like Mm -hmm. this could sink me like like, like really fast. Um, So yeah, it led to me kind of, not kind of definitely, it led to me mostly just shutting down and suppressing it. It's covering, right? We say covering a lot of times it leads leads to you just kind of covering who you are. Um, The unfortunate part about covering up who you are. And I tell anyone to imagine this, is to just imagine one part of you. And that's all that that, that piece is of me, is just, just one little piece of who I am. Mm-hmm. If you just imagine one little piece of who you are, imagine that you have to lie and hide that from the world for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. And just imagine what that would do to you, right? Imagine, imagine something like that that you would just have to hide. And anytime somebody was like, no, 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 I, def- I don't like, no, I don't like video games. I promise mm. <laughs> right so it, whatever it is even if it's video games or something something crazy right yeah, yeah. Um, other than being a serial killer that's probably the only part that might not be good <laughs> um, but you might you might want to just let that one go <laughs> but, <laughs> but you need to tell it, someone about that <laughs> you should probably tell someone you should stop you should seek help uh, 911 but, or 999 so for uh for me what that ultimately led to was a really long um a, a, a very, very long bout with depression, obviously, mm-hmm. because when you're having okay. to shield and hide and, and pretend to be, it's not even someone pretend else. to be someone you're not, but it's just trying to cover a piece of your life. Right. It can't, it, yeah, it just, it just leads you down that path. I was still dealing for, um, at that time, I was still dealing with a lot of um, the lack of self-acceptance because again, kind of hearkening back to my childhood, I, I grew up in a situation and for a very long time, um, told that who I was was wrong and who I was would ultimately lead to my internal damnation. <laughs> right? So you're dealing with that on one side mm-hmm. and then you're dealing with, okay, if I, if I, if I actually get to be myself, I might be homeless. Right. So Shit. I don't know how, <laughs> how this is going to work out for me. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I was not expecting that. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Like Jesus Christ. I, I knew America was a little bit still segregated to a point in, in the way they do things, but Jesus Christ, that, that was a step. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So and it's, 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 it's pocketed, right. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and I will say this, I think that unfortunately it manifests in those ways sometimes. Um, that's one of the greatest things about the United States being a democratic Republic is obviously that we have these micro labs of democracy when that, when that functions, Right. Yeah. Right. I won't, I won't get into the <laughs> government thing here, but let's just say it doesn't function really well these days, <laughs> but when that functions, right. Because I can be like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, screw you guys. I'm going to California or I'm going, you know, I can, I can go, I can basically vote with my feet and vote with my dollars wherever yeah. I want to live and work and all I like that, that stuff. But um, yeah, it's, you definitely see those challenges. I, I would say that things are getting, um, I like to say that things are getting better. I think in the professional world, I've noticed that things are getting better, but it's okay. still a pretty common thing. 
um, we were kind of joking um, about, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there too. Um, the LGBTQ plus community, the queer community, um, as a gay man, um, a lot of times our, our image has been so boiled down and distilled down into this kind of stereotypical kind of image of a gay man. You can all close your eyes. I'm not going to paint that picture. You can do that for yourselves. Uh, <laughs> but to that, stereoty- that stereotypical picture. And it's, it's there, right? That's, that's, it's there. Um, but often I'm not included in that picture, right? Mm. So I say that because a lot of times in the places that I find myself, people are like, oh, look, there's white straight Sam, right? Mm. And there's like, we can say whatever we want, right? So you almost yeah. get to be the prying ear to some kind of more horrific stuff. So I can't say that it's getting all the way better because I still hear a lot of those things. Mm. Um, but I will say at, at an individual level, for sure, like shitheads always exist, right? There's always going to be homophobes. There's always going to be racist. There's always going to be, this, they're going to be there, right? Yeah. Um, at an organizational level, I think it's getting much, much better, at least here in the United States. Yeah, I, you know, there's good. people that, my, my, uh, my little bit of story that I share in the story that I share in the book, the stories that I share in the book, um, there are folks that have had it a hundred times worse than I have. I feel very fortunate for the way that things worked out mm. for me. Um, yeah. Some people don't have it, have it quite that easy. Do you think a lot of it comes out? You you were saying about that village thing. Uh, I remember you you shared the um the 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 comments that you had from when you uh, shared obscured on I think it was Facebook and Twitter. I can't mm-hmm. remember. And and yeah, the response yeah. was just oh, I just I, I I'll be honest with you. I was shocked. I was unbelievably shocked to hear. Yeah. Not not just like it wasn't even just like the the disagree. It was the disagreement. It was like the pure hate in the, some of the statements were like, what the hell? But I commented on it and, and if I'm honest, I felt extremely vulnerable since I've commented on it and thought (laughs) someone's going to spot that one day and take it completely the wrong way. But, and I, and, and the, there's an episode that will come out just before this one where we spoke to a lady and we talk about diversity and I'm, and I I kind of reiterated what I said to you, to her, but as you kind of cover that, it, it, it's kind of similar, I think, to to what you said about being raised in a, in those kind of small towns, small villages. You know, low population, low experience or low exposure. Yeah. I think is yeah. key. So my upbringing was extremely uh, sheltered. Uh, you know, didn't didn't travel, didn't experience anything. I experienced a stereotypical working class, yeah, working class white family mm-hmm. friends etc got to school and then there was some kind of ethnic minorities in there but yeah. i remember one one person who who was out as as being a gay man in in that in that school and yeah. he was if you close your eyes and imagine a stereotypical gay man he was that I'm, I, I, we didn't we didn't get it Sam like I was a young I was a really young boy um Mm -hmm. I didn't get it and I didn't get it for a long time and then I got to a certain age where and I think actually my safety safety career has massively helped me because I've learned to be empathetic I've learned to be understanding I've learned to appreciate the well-being side of things and I've learned that you know like you said earlier everyone has a different journey and who am I to 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 dictate how somebody should live and and now I've managed only through exposure, only through getting to know people that are, right. you know, my, Sherry, my wife, her, she's got two uh, cousins, both of which are, are, are lesbians. And 
they are the loveliest people I've ever met. And I'm not to say, I'm not saying I, I made an assumption that if you were gay or lesbian or, or any of the others, that, that you were not a nice person. I never right. thought that. I just, I don't know. It was really strange. It was kind of like I was never exposed to it. And that made me, I, I don't know, uneducated. That's, that's what I was going to say. I think you're hitting on something that's super, super important. There's a couple pieces there I think that are important to unpack because um, the more the the more that I have this conversation, the more that it comes up, right? Mm. Um, it's it's okay to say ignorant, right? Ignorance not a bad word. Yeah, right? that's it's not it. An evil word. I've been ignorant to things many times in my life. Yeah. Right? To many other people, to many cultures, I've been, I've been ignorant and I still am, right? We we all find ourselves. It's kind of like an ugly and, naivety, isn't it? It is. Right? Yeah. And, and so I I I, I really draw a line there between those two things i'm still here my camera's um, just dead no, you're, you're you're all good yeah, um i can still hear we, you we i really draw a line between those two things because there's 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 two separate sides of this coin like i'm i'm not this um again i might get some hate for this i doubt it um well i don't know i get hate if i can be like i can say like teddy bears are great and i'll get horrible hate mail um <laughs> but <laughs> for me it's this is i think there's a huge difference um between that kind of kind of ignorant ignorance to it and then kind of this other side of that which is just this purposeful hate mm. i think i think that there's two different things there i'm not so woke as to say you can't say anything offensive because it's totally to me it's totally fine like it's totally within your right to say offensive things like i you know it's, to me it's it really comes back to this to this kind of notion um, that, you know, your, your intent matters to me and, and it matters a lot. I think intent matters mm. and kind of in our more woke modern society, we've removed this thing of intent, but intent still counts. Yeah. Right. If, if you, if you, you know, say, if you point a slur in someone's direction, you know, with the intent to harm them, that's probably not great. <laughs> right. You're probably yeah. an asshole. Let's yeah. just, let's just say that right now. You're, you're probably an asshole. Um, if you use, uh, accidentally use that same word uh, or just just don't realize that you might be offensive to someone and there's no ill intent behind it i don't classify those things as the same one and the yeah. same thing right that's, that's, that's just really, me personally yeah and that, when i when i hear that kind of conversation around like you know because everybody I, I don't want anyone to feel bad for how they used to feel does that make sense yeah. i think that's that's kind of I, I think that that's probably not great um everyone lives and you learn and you kind of go through life and you get better. That's kind of the entire point of everything that we're doing. Right. I've held views in the past that were stupid. Right. And I look back, I can look back and now say, you know, I'm, I hope I'm a little, I have a little bit more wisdom now and I've grown and I don't hold those same views. Mm. That's okay. Yeah. Right. But you were touching on this, this piece of exposure, which I think is really, really important because here's, here's where that line comes into, into play is that the best way, that we can help people get to know us is by letting them get to know us. Yeah. Right. Um, that's the whole purpose behind this, uh, behind the book. Um, I can't just go out and march in the street and go accept me, damn it, no matter what. Right. But if I go out and I tell my story and people realize kind of to your point, it's, it's not, not that people assume that I'm like a bad guy or people assume this no. or that or anyone else. It's just by sharing that story and getting to know people. You're like, Oh, they're just as painfully normal as I am. Yeah. And that's, that's all I think <laughs> any, anyone really, really craves or desires there is just that, that, right. And I think that once you're exposed to people and once you, you kind of learn that, that, that crazy truth 
that us in this community are just as painfully normal as you are. Yeah. <laughs> then if you choose to continue down a hateful path, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Right. If after that point. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, that the, there's, there's a couple pieces there. Um, again, intent matters. I think that's super important. And I think storytelling is how we solve a lot of the world's problems in general. And this is no different. I think that by storytelling and getting to know each other and having conversations, I don't know. I, I've always just held this belief that people can toss around and call me names. They can say whatever they want about me and they can say whatever they want about the LGBT plus community. But I've just got a feeling that if you sit down and you talk to me, you're going to have a really hard time hating me. Right. Yeah. You might not like me, but you're not going to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, I really like what Gary V talks about. He, he, he talks about you, you can't, you, sh- you can't judge without context. Right. But, and, and I remember him saying that line uh, about a year or two ago, I heard it on his podcast and I was like, wow, uh, it's so powerful. And that's for anything. Yeah. You know, I kind of was, I look back on, on the old me and I just realized how judgy I was. Like I was an asshole. I wasn't a hateful person. I was just, right. a, I just judged things or people by their car or their clothes or their, you know, right. anything like, mm-hmm. and, and it seems to be, I wonder, Sam, do you think it's like a time served thing? Do you think as a generation? So I think like my younger brother, my, uh, he's like 10 years younger than me. Um, my, my, my wife's younger brother and sister are a similar age. They don't have these tendencies. I wonder if it's right. like a time. So as these generations come up, they're more exposed to these things, these different, they're not even different. It's hard to say it like now, isn't it? Like the different way of life. Like it's just, they're exposed to it not being a different thing. Do you know, does yeah. that make sense? I feel like I'm chewing my words here. No, uh, yeah, I, I get it. And, well, and that's the fun part about talking about this stuff is you kind of just kind of have to figure it out as we talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think so, because like I said, I can look back on some beliefs that I've held, you know, um, to your point about being judgy. I think that um, I've, I've been judgy, right? I mean, I grew up in, and I'll give, I'll give a really good example. Um, I grew up, as I mentioned, in the Appalachian region of, of Virginia, um, and huge, huge drug problem, huge um, poverty problem, mm. um, a, you know, a pocket of people that basically have no jobs, a lot of depression, and basically free access to pain medication, and you just do the math, right? I mean, it just kind of, kind of goes goes insane. Um, and it, you know, the for the first little bit of time that I left that area, I finally like fled. You know, I was like, you know, in 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 the U.S. Um, as you're going through high school, you kind of have this dream. If you're an East Coast East Coast townie kid, you know, your dream is to leave and get in a car and drive to the West Coast. You know, you're going to drive to the West Coast and hopefully make it to California. I made it to Arizona. If you're in <laughs> California, you're like, I'm going to leave California. You're going to drive to New York City. You know, as soon as you, you're just going to abandon life and go be a, be a bum living in New York City or something, you know. Um, but so when I finally did that, it was very easy for the first few years of my life. I caught myself doing that too. I'd look back and be like, oh, piece of shit little town. You know, yeah. I'd go back and visit and I'd be like, all oh, these awful people. I can't, I, you know, almost too like, like pinky out too, too, too good to be around these people now, you know? Um, and so I think that's, that is, it's, it's human nature to fall into that trap. I believe, you know, that's probably 